right, welcome to the Fuzz Club. Today we're talking about Devil's Witches, their new album in all her forms. Um, I've heard lots and lots about this album. It's already on a lot of uh, end of the year lists I'm seeing, so I'm excited to dive into it a little bit. Uh, before we get started, we have uh, a special guest. Why don't we go around and introduce ourselves real quick before we get rolling. Pat, do you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, I'm Pat. I'm the editor of Monster Riff, um, where you can find all sorts of uh, weekly articles on new records, interviews, and all that kind of fun stuff. Andy? Uh, I'm Andy. I play bass in the King's Pistol, and I also play with Devil's Witches uh, when he allows me to play on his music. Uh, I run the King's Pistol Instagram page, which is mainly cats and alcohol and records I buy. So it's full of, full of good content. I love it. Chris. I'm Chris from the Bad Ox. Eddie. I'm Eddie. I play guitar in The Endless and bass in Lords of the Opium Church. The man and I'm Blake. Blake? <laughs> uh, I'm Blake. I'm from Iwas. Right on. All right. So we're talking about In All Her Forms by Devil's Witches. Um, this was like a, a very ambitious album, I felt. Like I, I knew the Devil's Witches a little bit before this. It's kind of a straight like doom band, I think. And uh, this one was 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 big. It's there's lots of different things going on. There's lots of different kind of styles and, and and everything to it. So where do you want to start with this one? Andy, do you want to give us some background on the Devil's Witches? You've kind of worked <laughs> with them before and um uh, where do we start with Devil's Witches? Well yeah if you, I'm happy when he's you know I I was lucky to kind of hear the first demos that he had going for this album when he started working on it. And I think the reason well I know the reason it took him so long is because he felt there was a lot of pressure and expectation following up from Velvet Magic, uh, which is fair enough. But he definitely had no intention of releasing Velvet Magic 2, because I think that would have just been too easy. And I guess, you know, he's a, he's a lot older now than he was when he released Devil's Mad... Uh, Devil's... Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> Velvet Magic, I'm getting the words out. When so was that? Do you, do you remember when he released that? What, Velvet Magic? Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember. It, off the top of it head. was 2017. 2017 yeah, okay, 2017. So, yeah. And obviously, he's done. You know, he's done the cover of the Ultra Riff. He did the Record Store Day release. He did like the Christmas single. But you know, he was reluctant to. He wasn't sure whether he was going to put this album together or get it finished. But uh, thankfully, he did because I think it's absolutely astounding piece of work. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and I'm glad it isn't Velvet Magic too. I think that would have just been yeah. a bit. Well, I don't think it had been a true representation of what what Devils Witches is about his music. You know, he's he likes to mix it up a bit, doesn't he? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's kind of equal parts doom and then like almost like a loungy jazz mm -hmm. type of thing and like atmospheric type of things to it. I guess. Uh, it's in four parts. I don't know if you, Andy, maybe you have the vinyl already. But it's split up into four parts, um, each side of two vinyl. Uh, it's split into Maiden, Mistress, Mother, and Matriarch, which I guess kind of has different themes to like th two or three or four songs each. But I don't think it's necessary to know that going into it. I didn't really yeah. feel like a, much of a shift throughout the songs into no. core work or anything, but I just thought that was yeah. interesting. 
I've only got it on the test pressing, uh, and I've not, I've never listened to it in the right order because on the test pressing it doesn't say which side is which. So oh. I now know that side three is uh, my favourite side because I think that's got a uh, smoke and sorcery on it, and I think for me that is one of the, the standout tracks because for me I think the mellow stuff is more mellow and the heavier stuff is far heavier you know that he's done before but for some for me it's the mellow ones that really jumped out at me and magic mama as well just because it's as catchy as fuck isn't it really so, <laughs> yeah yeah magic you know, mama yeah. is wildly different yeah. than if a lot not of clapping stuff. at the end of that then. <laughs> yeah it's kind of got like this like fun upbeat yeah. 90s song yeah. to it and then it, it ends in like the hand clap and everything like it was yeah. it was wildly different than anything else but also like um blood of the witch had that little like bells part in in between mm -hmm. Parts of it, kind of acoustic, but also it stops and it's like ding, 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 ding. I just thought, like everything whole, about this album is just yeah. constantly different every time. I did ask him what the whole concept was about, and he he did go, he, he you know he tried to explain it to me, but honest, it you know it's in his head. I I, I still you know I listen to it from you know a, a musician side and a, as a fan of the music, the whole sort of concept in his head is mad you know it's absolutely crazy for what he wants to sort of portray it with the artwork the lyrics everything so you know and he's he's happy you know and i think that you know as a musician if you're happy putting out your your, your stuff then fair play you know and people seem to be receiving it well don't they they do i uh i'd be happy to take a take a stab at trying to explain it uh at least at least lyrically um, I, I tried to sit down a couple of times and like read through the lyrics uh, with each song. And the way I interpret this album is sort of, um, it's sort of like a, a creation, a story of creation, but the focus is on, on, on woman specifically over man. And it's sort of the loss of innocence for women. Like right at the beginning, there's, there's a reference to the creation, the story of creation. And then uh, track two is like the rape from the eyes of the rapist. And then by the end of it, in like the maiden section, there's an ascension of woman into uh, into like her being the source of creation and her uh, even elevating to like the status of a god in the hymn for the super vixen. And I think that's kind of on brand for Devil's Witches, which has always had sort of um, honor and respect for for women uh, beyond sex objects, like even porno, which is like very sexual, but it's like beyond sex. It's like women are people and they deserve to be treated as such. Um, so that, that there's that uh, character arc for women um, from the maiden section, maiden section to the matriarch section of uh, women as object to women eventually as, as God. That's what that I was, was uh, yeah. an amazing analysis of the lyrics because <laughs> That's honestly, exactly like, what I, I was thinking. I didn't dive that deep into it. I just kind of like briefly looked over the lyrics for for something we're going to do later on in the podcast. Mm. But I, I was just looking at some of the words, going like, "This is like a lot of violence and like sexual like tension, kind of like weirdness in throughout this album." And then you look at some of the other albums like Porno Witch and all that kind of stuff, and go like. I don't know. Are people going to be uncomfortable by some of this? Should they be uncomfortable by some of this? But for you to like analyze it in that way, I'm, I'm glad that you did. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think the video he put out uh, for Blood of the Witch, I think he, we got a bit of a backlash off that as well. Uh, but, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion, aren't they? You, you, you're yeah. always going to piss somebody off, aren't you? Somewhere along the line. But, you know. 
it's how you take it, isn't it? Right. I've got very low models. Sorry, sorry, what'd you say? I said I've got very low models, so I'm not easily offended. So Yeah. I read that he he described Velvet Magic as more straightforward and obviously a little bit more like straightforward Doom and everything. But he said that while um, that one kind of addresses a specific moment in time, he wanted this to be more like avant-garde and surrealist. And I felt like that was pretty accurate. Everyone else get the, a similar vibe from it, I'm, I'm sure. Something similar. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... I. Good, right? I, I love both albums personally, like Velvet Magic, um, especially when I, when I first got it on vinyl. I, I don't have, uh, in all our forms, I think arrives on Monday. I was I was hoping it would show up today in time for me to you know, show the, the full array. Um, but, you know, I, I played the fuck out of Velvet Magic. <laughs> Um, to the point that for a long time I was like, okay, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear any devil's witches for a minute, um, <laughs> because uh, I, I was, I, I was obsessed with it. Me and me and uh, one of my best buds were uh, were constantly playing, and especially around the holidays last year. Um, but uh, this one, I feel like, is much more of a a statement, you know. Um, not not just because it has a concept behind it and it's divided into four sections and things like that. Um, but I feel like what he's doing is is really advanced and, and kind of awe-inspiring with this album. Yeah. Um, it's it's very hard to categorize. I, I wouldn't call this necessarily pure pure doom by any means yeah. whatsoever. I don't, I don't think it's a doom album either, not yeah. at all. There's certainly nothing, like those, nothing those against moments. doom music, but there's a lot more to it than just calling it a doom album, isn't there? That's the same with Velvet Magic, though. You know, that's not a doom album, is it? At all? No, it's got more elements of doom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that like Devil's Witches as a whole might be categorized as doom, just because it's hard to find something else for it. Because you know, I, I think of like Vietnam era music almost more being in common with uh, Devil's Wishes than Mono Lord, for example. A lot of it probably has to do with the imagery, the name, the album titles, all that kind of stuff. Kind of go, kind of lend a hand to to being categorized as Doom. But yeah, uh, I found that this one to me, and we kind of talked about this on on a, a few other episodes of the Fuzz Club, but. This one is a full album. It's kind of hard to pick out one song as a single or to put on a playlist or to to send to someone. You kind of have to sit down and listen to this as a yeah. whole to get the real experience and experience it like it's meant to be. I think if you send yeah. Magic Mama to someone, they'd expect the whole album to sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't. You yeah, know, it's Magic, a pop song. Yeah, Magic Mama is probably the most poppy yeah. commercial single, as it were. If you send them one, the other ones, they'd be like, yeah. what the fuck's going yeah. on here? Well, that's what's yeah. good about it, isn't it? You know, you listen to the album and it's whole. And bizarrely, I really want to have it on CD because I'm sick of having to get up and turn the record over. So I'm quite looking forward to listening to it in its sort of like entirety on CD. Uh, because right. it does, it shifts and change so quick that you don't really know what's coming next. And to me, it's like a good book, isn't it? You want to keep turning mm. the page and seeing what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Eddie? Yeah, when I first heard um, that Love of the Witch, that song, I, I got 
hooked on it right away and I started. I couldn't stop listening to it like all day and night. So I shared it with my friends and but I knew the album was just so diverse. I had to share the full album after I sent that song just so I get the whole idea of what the band is like. Yeah. I think it's kinda like how I mean I'm not comparing these two albums per se, but I guess I am. Um it's kind of like how with the wall you have a few songs that you could hear on the radio, like another brick in the wall part two or completely numb or something like that. And I think that's where you get like successive slidings of pleasure, um, magic mama, you know, a couple others um, really stand out, but I feel like you definitely have to listen to this album from start to finish yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to really get the, the impact of, of, what is going on totally yeah yeah but for me um before i knew we, we were even going to review it um i had it on and i was out in the garage just kind of messing around with stuff randy and i were out there listening to to the album like pretty loud and uh shadows in the mirror came on and it kind of hits really hard at first and i was like "Fuck, this is really good and then i listened to this I actually went back and like replayed the song three or four times in a row because I was really into it and I read through the lyrics and I was like so into the song that I actually messaged him and I was like just so you know like that song is fucking great and I, I really dig it and uh and he said he sent me back a message pretty quickly saying like you know thanks for that because no one's really said that about that song yet he's like mm-hmm. I've heard about other songs but not that one but for some reason that was the first one that hit me and then and since then like there's been other songs that have done the same and uh like like all good music i try not to like overdo it because i want to savor it right like when you find something good you don't want to like wear it out and get too much of that flavor and then end up like blake where you don't want to hear it again right, right. So I mean, you savor it but um and just to be clear i i love velvet magic again oh, yeah. I, I just I, I i burned myself out on that one particular album for about well, I, I get it man i could do that with stuff all the time but i'm trying to just not do that so much because because these days the way we listen to music it's so kind of like it's like candy sometimes it's just gone you, you never get back to it where maybe because you have to sort of because the general consensus is is that you have to listen to the whole album and you know even though it's quite a short album there's a lot going on in there so you know if i was to put it on like you i wouldn't just stick one side on listen to three songs and then take it off you know for me when i listen to that i like to sit down have a glass of wine and listen to it in its entirety and think, right, yeah, I've given it what it deserves almost without, you know. Yeah, it's definitely one of those albums. And it, it sounds like he's a little elusive about, you know, a lot of things with this band. He's I mean, always he elusive. <laughs> he doesn't put his own image forward very often. He doesn't even put his own name forward very often. He doesn't describe what he's making or the concept behind it much. It doesn't sound like he talks about lyrics or imagery a whole lot um it kind of leaves it open to the listener which in this day and age kind of seems unique i mean a lot of people are very out there and in the 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 eyeline of everyone with social media and stuff so it's kind of cool and maybe a little refreshing to see him just go like here's an album i'm not going to say much about it just consume it and and think what you want about it you know he'll never he'll never play live so you know no one will ever get to see him see him live and like you say he doesn't have his face on anything it's just like he'll drop teasers of bits of artwork and that's 
I think the Velvet Magic and how he promoted that, you know, was amazing. It was all just done off pictures. You know, no one had heard anything, and it's just pictures. And he, he did a similar thing with that, and it gets people gets people keen, doesn't it? Everyone gets thirsty then, like, wow. You know, because everyone, I would imagine, was expecting, you know, massive 70s doom bags, Vietnam, on, you know, pictures everywhere. And, it, you know, the artwork is completely different. You know, it's yeah. proper photography, loads of thought gone into it. So it yeah. is a complete contrast, isn't it? To, I don't think you can compare Velvet Magic and this at all. It's just so, so different, isn't it? Let's, let's yeah, dive into the Lindisfarne. Say again. Isn't the cover Lindisfarne? I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not sure. Uh, no, where did he say? Well, I can't remember. He said it the other day. He told me where it was, but uh, some mad okay. island somewhere. I want to jump into the artwork real quick. Um, just kind of the, the pr progression of a lot of his different uh, singles, albums, all that kind of stuff, because it's all kind of consistent up until this album, which I thought was kind of interesting. So uh, here is a the Suck My Hex artwork. Here's the, the Porno Witch, kind of a, a vintage vibe. Fuck Agent Orange. Come play with me. All very vintage and culty, maybe. Guns, drugs, and filthy pictures. No, I don't remember what this one is called. I've just got cherry, cherry, cherry napalm in it, that. Magic wand. There's velvet magic. Sugar oh, plum. That's my bra, that is. <laughs> and then you, then you have the new artwork, which doesn't even feature their name, the album title. Uh, it's not particularly culty or vintage or, or anything like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I think because of how he did the artwork, because the back cover's got the the band name on it, hasn't it? So, you know, that's yeah. why he pushed for Majestic to do the double gatefold because he had the, the idea of he wanted it to look a certain way and stuff with all the artwork, the booklet, everything. And I'm sure Marco was having a fucking nightmare thinking of the, uh, the cost of it all. Yeah, the expense of a double yeah, gatefold with a booklet. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, and you want me to hire this photographer, yeah, and you want me to press 4,000 copies, yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, your kids aren't getting anything for Christmas, Marco, <laughs> unless this sells. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's great artwork. I don't know uh, who, t who did the photo or anything like that. But, uh, oh, I can't remember what his name is now. It sounds terrible. But... I'm checking the Majestic site. I thought it was, it was on here. Yeah, I'm just gonna check. It's his name, the guy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting departure from from the rest of uh, kind of his catalog in terms of just the not just the sound, which I feel like I mean you can tell it's still Devil's Witches, but there are definitely some some extreme departures from I guess what I would normally think of as the uh, Devil's Witches sound. Yeah, um, which is pretty fucking hard to characterize. The, the uh, uh, photographer. Oh, sorry, Blake. Ian West in it. The guy who did yeah. it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, having what looks to be, you know, a modern photograph is a is a huge change. You know, it doesn't have the aged kind of seventies feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, 
it's like you saying, hey, this this is something different and you need to approach it as as an album by itself um, and not not think of it as paired with anything else per se. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it puts it, you know, for anyone who was expecting Velvet Magic 2, very instantly from just the artwork alone, you would think it was from a completely different artist altogether, wouldn't you? So it's almost yeah. like, you know, forget the past. This is where I'm at now. This is what I'm doing. And uh, you know, <clears throat> hopefully people will dig it. Yeah, he was able to manage those expectations pretty early on, I think. Um... Yeah, when I first seen that the album cover, I assumed that might have been the band, like photos of the members of the band. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a one-person band, like a concept. From yeah, I think he, it was late at night. You sent some message into yeah. the group chat, and I was like, no, it's just one guy. That was like a, that's gonna be live live footage of this band. I'm just getting like really obsessed with them. <laughs> is there anything on this album that you think it's missing? Is there anything that it's missing or me maybe... me on the bass mainly? There you um, go. Yeah, yeah, mainly just me playing the bass. Uh, other than that, it's fine. What happened? What happened there, Andy? Why did you get fired? Uh, the reason I. Well, I, I, I kind of knew I wouldn't be on this because this was his baby, you know, this was his idea. And to get me involved obviously means, you know, I have an opinion and I might alter certain things. The stuff we've worked on together in the past has been, you know, a, a sort of two-way kind of thing. He'll send me a track, I'll put whatever, you know, baseline to it and stuff and we kind of work out on that. Whilst this, this was massive, you know, it, I wouldn't have been able to sort of commit myself to it, I don't think. Uh, and he needed to do it for himself, you know. So yeah. I never had any expectations to be on this album at all. Uh, I would have been very surprised uh, if he'd have asked me. So, yeah. So did he play, like, bass and stuff on it then? Yeah, he okay. played every, uh, absolutely everything you hear on that album is yeah. in. Does he play drums or does he program them? Uh, programmed, yeah. Which God knows how to do because I use Gary's band and I fucking hell, I can't even, you know, I use Anders, the heavy metal drummer, for almost everything on Gary's band. So <clears throat> how someone programs them is beyond me. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> See, no, I, I can't imagine it's not. Like, say, I've, I only use Gary's band a bit in it. You know, if it ain't Anders, I'm stumped, I tell you, so. so same yeah, thing as when I heard it, I watched for the first time, I had no idea it was programmed drums. Same with this this album, I didn't know. And I up, just up until you answered that question, had the same question. There's some someone pretty said, big drums Someone <laughs> said that the programmed drums give it a sort of like a God flesh kind of vibe, which... You hear that? Yeah, yeah. So, and again, it's like, I always think it's amazing what influences people hear uh, because, you know, I, I might message him and say, oh, someone said this and he's like, I've never even heard of him. So I always think it's interesting what people think they hear in music when often you've never actually heard that band. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was it? Chris and I were talking last night about, was it Smoke and Sorcery that we were talking about? Yep. And we, we arrived on kind of a, a consensus that it was it was a mixture of CCR and uh, Tool. Has a yeah. Tool, it also has kind of a, 
like almost a country flavor to it. I, I know I've played it for three or four people, and they're always like, "Oh, it's a country song," and I'm like, "It's not country, but it has a twang to it." So to me, that reminds me of "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. To me, it's got that kind of. I don't know. It's just a something with that re, sort of repeat guitar bit, like on "Wish You Were Here." So yeah, but mm-hmm. again, what people hear, you know, people hear country, or whatever. It's like you know, Magic Mama, T Rex, isn't it? It's a similar yeah. as that. Yeah, T Rex. T Rex. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and he's a massive T Rex fan. But smoking a sorcery. I remember when he, you know, that was, you know, I remember when he sent me the demo of that. It was just him playing an acoustic guitar, singing. And he just sent it to me as a WhatsApp message. And that was one of the early tracks he sent me. And I thought, fucking hell, you know, if this is the stuff he's writing, you know, this album is going to be ace. Because it was just, for me, it's such a simple song. But, you know, I wish I could write something that good. Yeah. You know, and I can't. Great, great Yeah, yeah. And it's just like such a gorgeous song. It's like, fucking hell. And he's like, oh, I've just come up with this. I was like, brilliant. Well done. <laughs> Was there anything else that anyone thought it was it was missing or he could have improved upon or was it was it too ambitious was it too artsy should he have stuck to uh, one thing or anything like that the, the only thing that trips me up listening to it I like Magic Mama as a, as a song I wasn't a fan of it on this album just because it was so upbeat and so happy and the rest of this album is like at most at most is like melancholy mm-hmm. like, uh, but this was like really upbeat and really happy, and um, it's a great song. I just I just don't know how I feel about it yet on, on this record. Yeah, it could have easily been put out as like a standalone single with like another song on it, couldn't it? Sort sure. Of thing. Yeah. But maybe the melancholy just needs that lift, sort of at some point on it. Otherwise, we'd all be fucking sat there like, oh Jesus Christ, this is heavy going, isn't it? But like, hey, Magic Mama, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> And then we can all get sad after. We kind of talked about our favorite moments on it, one being Magic Mama or maybe Blood of the Witch, I think maybe I mentioned. But is there any other favorite moments on this thing? I think Hunting Dracul, if that's how you pronounce it, Dracul. I think that, again, is is an amazing track that I'd kind of forgotten about until it kind of came out on Spotify because I've kind of avoided listening to it for a while. Uh, and then when I listen to it again, I'm like, yeah. But every day, every time I listen to it, there's another track that will stand out, and I think that's my favourite one now. And then I'll listen to it again in a couple of days, and I'm like, fuck, that one's ace now. And it's like, it really does it. So, like, like you say, I've, it's not settled with me. I'm not, you know, I've not hammered it like you were saying. I've not, I've deliberately not overplayed it because I still want to sort of get that element of, oh wow, from it. But, you know, and I still get that velvet magic, you know, I'll listen to that now. And like you, Blake, you've listened to it a million times. But when you're sort of giving it a month or two and I go back to it, it's like, yeah, that is a fucking good album. <laughs> that is, isn't it? It's a lot of layers. You keep finding something new every time you listen to it. And I think I think that's what this album is going to uh, have as well. Because I've, I've probably listened to it since it came out probably 10 times. And each time I'm finding something different. Um, you know, I gave it about a week, um, and then I was I listened to it a couple times again today, and I heard a different album. You know, and listening to it on headphones as well. I had it on on headphones, and again, it's a completely different listen uh, yes. when you sort of sat there listening to it on headphones. But yeah, 
Yeah, I've tried it in, in several different formats just because I, I do the same thing with my own music when I'm going through the process of like approving a mix or whatever. I listen to it on everything. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, well, let's let's find something I I, I don't like. I mean, in fair disclosure, this is this is my probably my album of the year. Um I I, I think this is almost a perfect record. Um and and just I I, I thought it was fucking brilliant. But I, I keep finding more and more things in it that I didn't notice before. Um and even things that at first kind of bothered me, like for a while, I wasn't a huge fan of Pussycat and a Woman's Skin, but I realized how necessary that song kind of is in a way, at least in terms of how I was hearing the album, uh, to creating like a flow throughout. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and I know he spent, you know, pure time working on the sequence of tracks it had to be. A certain way because it is you know the four parts in it so mm -hmm. each track had to kind of work alongside the next one uh, which i know caused him some frustrations along the way i wonder if he had that concept of the the four parts the maiden mistress mother matriarch before writing some of the songs or if it was like an after like here's how i'm going to categorize this album well from what i know in the conversations i had it was that you know the, the concept was thought very early so yeah it was always going to be this kind of concept type thing it wasn't like he started right and then he thought oh i'll do yeah. this it was like this is what i'm sort of working towards you know and he lit you know sounds cheesy but he did put a hundred percent of everything into it uh, you know and it, you know it must have took it out of him you know yeah yeah all right so we kind of talked about um the lyrics, the lyrical themes a little bit, um, sex and, and violence and stuff like that. So I want to do something now uh, with... <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> sex and violence? <laughs> what do we have to do in this first club? <laughs> You're just going to... It, it's way more more tame than you're expecting. You're just going to guess the missing lyric here, okay? All right, that's easy. All right. I am the blank stain upon the white. I am the hand that touches at night. I am the cum stain. It's, it's I am the red stain. I am the bed stain. I am the bloody stain. Red, I'd go with. Anybody well, else? Well, did oh. you say jizz is one of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, yeah. Was, yeah. That would have been good. That would have been more velvet magic, maybe. Yeah, I think it's red. Yeah. It is red. All right, next one. Take a pinch of hair from a secret place, transform a blank into a pretty face. Transform an uggo, transform a pube, transform a liar, transform a monster into a pretty face. Monster. Even though it's about pubes, I'd say liar. Yeah, I want to say liar as well. It fits more with the, the meter of the lines. <clears throat> Rip my ray sword in fist and use it as my light. I see her fangs flash in the dark. I push my blank into her bite. I push my neck, <laughs> my sword, I push my body, I push my wiener into her bite. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, it's wiener. Yeah, it's gotta be on it. <laughs> 
Uh, if it's not Wiener, I'd say sword. I think it's well, a. We both body one. Yeah, I don't know. We let's go with Wiener. Neck. I push my neck into her bite. Close word. <laughs> There's a fight in my veins. Fearful light pierced with flame. Open up and blank me again. Hold me down until I repent. Open up and bump me again. Sick with these answers, aren't you? <laughs> open up and bone me again open up and kill me again open up and peg me again open up and scorch me again oh man how many uh, tequilas on the rocks did you have when you were coming up with the options <laughs> I'm gonna say scorch <laughs> that's scorch going with scorch yeah, yeah scorch it is scorch alright uh, maybe someone will go with Peg, but all right. I'm fine. <laughs> put a new song in my soul, a hymn to worship as my God. She put a new blank in my mouth, a name to call her as my Lord. Again, wiener is an option. She put a new wiener in my mouth. She put a new word in my mouth. She put a new breath mint in my mouth. She put a new song in my mouth. <laughs> we'll just go with this one. I mean, I think it's word, but clearly he should have gone with breath mint. <laughs> it's word. All right. That was that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of wienerage. <laughs> All right. Any, any final thoughts on In All Her Forms by Devil's Witches? Any final things anybody wants to say about this? I think like like Pat said, I, I really got that um like like in all of this stuff, that you know uh, celebration of sexuality where it's like it's very sexual and it's you know it's got the porn stuff going on, but it's done with a with a uh, you know reverence, like a respect, which I really appreciate and dig, you know. It's more than just the surface level of tits and ass, even though that, that's wicked. Someone asked me to describe the new album, and I kind of said, well, imagine if Velvet Magic is like a spotty teenager sat in his bedroom, <laughs> whacking off over jazz mags. I said, you know, the new album is very much, you know, a guy actually out seeing and kissing real women you know it's a it's such a contrast from just some not saying that devil's witch is sat in his uh, room whacking off over jazz mags but there's every possibility of that but it's a more mature listen i say sure. definitely yeah definitely, yeah, yeah and I, I wonder too like i've noticed I, I work with a lot of women uh, and a lot of younger women and i've noticed also this trend online where it's this sex positive thing where they're kind of taken back, you know, the, the pinup thing. And it's like, yeah, we're proud of our asses and tits and we're going to show it to you. And I kind of wondered if it was like a commentary, a little bit about that. And also, I, mean, I, I appreciate it as well. Yeah, I, I think that's actually, that's how I interpret the end of Maiden and all of Mistress is sort of that transformation um, and like reclaiming of self um and like that that power um also wanted to say too that uh, 
the the production and, and the kind of even though the songs are so different individually in, in a lot of ways the production really unifies it in a great way where i feel like i'm watching a film kind of like the last album we we you know reviewed with the uh, the um electric uh, wizard one mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i'm watching a, a mind movie again and i think a lot of it has to do with that sheen that the production has and how it unifies everything which i really really mm-hmm. do is it, is it the guy from Mono Lord, wasn't it? Who did yeah, Aspen engineered it. Okay. It's a lot more. It's a it's a completely different kind of production than Velvet Magic as well, isn't it? It's a lot sharper. Well, I think it is, and it? it's a lot cleaner. Closer. Yeah, yeah, a lot cleaner. <clears throat> would anyone yeah, like to offer? Uh, would anyone like to offer a rating on this? We, we we did this for the first couple episodes, but we kind of we kind of got away from it for a while. Like I said, I know I've seen it on a lot of people's uh, year-end lists. So would anyone like to give it a rating? Maybe one out of 10 or something? Uh, how, how would you rank this one? 34. 34 out of, 34 out of 10? That's a pretty, pretty perfect album, in my, my opinion. And definitely at the top of my albums in the last several years, I'd say. It's not very often where you throw an album on and it's you want to keep going back to it and going back to it. Even though there's so much other stuff available, it's like this one keeps drawing you back. And yeah, so I, it'd be hard to put a number on it other than if I, I could say if I wrote anything similar to it, I'd be very happy with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here, you know, you could say 10 out of 10, but I just think, you know, for me as a, as a fan of Devil's Witches, it's everything that I kind of could have hoped for in it, in an album, really. So, uh, you know, and I, I can't wait to sort of listen to it more and more and fall as heavily in love with it as I did with Velvet Magic sort of thing. You know, I think it'd be an album I go back to for many, many years to come as any good album, you know, great album should be, shouldn't it, really? Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. Okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's um, tell uh, everybody go around and tell what uh, you're up to and plug anything you want, and we'll, we'll wrap this episode up. Pat, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, um, it's always new stuff over at Monster Riff. Um, we just started doing a satire column. Uh, Ryan uh, kicked off the first album or the first uh, um, story on that. So come to Monster Riff for uh, your news and, and your satire now. Andy, what'd you up to? I saw that uh, uh, you have your, uh, your third in the trilogy come out on vinyl finally. Yes, finally. I am the king. The third part of the Wild Art trilogy is out via Majestic Mountain Records and via our own uh, label. I'm also doing bass for a band called Jimmy Damage. I've just done two tracks for Wild Fuzz Trip. I've just done a track for Jean Roche and the Echo. Uh, so yeah, busy. Busy bassing. Sweet. Chris? Uh, we got our vinyl coming out in a couple of weeks or month or so, I guess now. Um, so there's anyone that uh, wants to do a pre-order, there's still some available. Um, and we got some, a lot of news I can't really talk in detail about, but lots of cool stuff on the horizon. Um, we have recently become a three piece. So we, uh, we're now bass, guitar, vocals, and drums. So there'll be some changes in our sound live, especially, but um, I'm looking forward to the more open sound and a bit more space on the guitar. So cool. I'll see how that goes. Eddie? Um, most of our starts are slowing down on, this, on the live shows for a bit, so we're going to focus on the album a bit more. And 
Good at Darwin. Um, Dianlis is getting back to jam. We had a little break there for a little bit, and so things were picking up there. And and I'm doing doing some of my own stuff, like kind of like solar stuff, like the weird tunings on the acoustics, and I'll be putting that stuff out there pretty soon too. Yeah, I want to ask you about that on the after hours. So uh, we'll we'll get into that in a few minutes. Blake, uh, mixing mastering is almost done. Should be ready sometime in December, and uh, then I will have news about a release date. Hopefully, not long after that. And uh, just the walls are blank because I'm getting ready to move back to Texas. So excited about that! All right, cool. Everybody go check out uh, In All Her Forms by Devil's Witches, and uh, we'll catch you on the after hours. Later.